Hey guys, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 554. 554 of these things, and we're still going strong. It's April 14, 2019 is when we're, we're recording this, and I'm joined by an international panel of panelists this week. All from North America, but international nonetheless. Uh, let's go around the horn. I'm Spash and Peak. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom, the token. I'm Canadian. Josh Walrus. I'm going to interrupt you. Canadians <laughs> <laughs> get no respect. <laughs> I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. So let's have a podcast. Uh, since that's... since last week, quite a bit has been going on around here. We'll talk about that in a minute. Our weekend review pretty much covers what I've been doing for the last few days. Dude, that's but that's first... like a super card right behind you. Yeah, it, it's mm, super. super. Uh, I should turn on, I should turn on this system so you can see some RGBs going on in the background. But Josh. We need a burger Me. update. It's Wednesday. Yeah. Did you actually have a burger this week? Or did you have I did, sloppy I even joes? Did you have damn. beanie weenie? Okay. Oh, we had no. a real burger. It was a real double burger with uh, honey sriracha sauce, cucumbers, mm. pepper jack, and then uh, jalapenos with cream cheese. Mm. The combination was, mm. was surprisingly good. It sounds like everywhere you had spice on that, you had some sweet or... You know the the sweet and sour. Yeah, to kind of offset it a little the, bit. Yeah, like the honey yeah. counteracts the the yeah. sriracha. Usually, like, like a the... spicier burger, but this was this was a nice, very flavorful burger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I excellent. Liked it. You know, uh, could you describe it? Could you describe what it looked like? Jim is shaking his head somewhere. <laughs> uh, what is everybody? So there doing? I am. Beer update. Does anybody have a drink? I don't. I have not. I don't even have water in front of me. I just ran down here, turned the system on, and I don't. I have nothing to refresh myself. I have a nice Scottish ale from Michigan, okay. I believe. Founders oh, is that another Bell's? Oh, Founders. Yeah, see, Founders. It's I'm, the, uh, I'm old, very old lucky to live where I do. Yep. Mm, yeah. And Founders summer uh, pale ale here with a bit of a lemon uh, uh, aftertaste. <clears throat> well, who made that um, one? Uh, oh, Strange Ways Brewing. Okay. What do you have, Jeremy? Uh, Fuggles and Warlock Pale Ale. Nice. You hoppy bastard, which... <laughs> uh, it's not, It's only single hopped. It's very, very mild. Uh, weekend Review, uh, and that's our clever name for the Weekend Reviews that we've done. Uh, a couple big things. Uh, we'll, we'll start... I, I'll, I'll talk about the custom cooling from Corsair next, but... Very first add-in board partner cards have hit from AMD's partners. We finally have aftermarket coolers for Radeon RX 5700 series cards. Are you guys excited about this? I am pulsing yes. with excitement. Yes. Oh, yeah, good. My nipples good explode. Mm, it's no, a, that was news okay. scintillating. One step forward and ten steps back. Thank you, Josh. Uh, no, the pulse... <sighs> You know, I guess the fans actually you know what the fans do have those. Th- Never mind. We, we'll forget about anatomic uh, uh, similarities to other things on aftermarket coolers. These are axial fans. Everything good comes about. in pairs. Everything, yes. including axial fans. Of Cisco some 95, 95 millimeters, not a hundred. Ninety-five, close enough to a hundred though. You can round up. But we're talking about a Radeon RX fifty-seven hundred XT. That is not a reference blower design, 
the very first one that I've gotten hands on with was this Sapphire card, which sadly is already gone again. They emailed me the day after the review went up, sending me a return label and asking me to send it right back to them. So I did that nicely today. So you but, can't even uh, juggle it on 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 the podcast. No, you know, I'm like it right back. flip it around and then like drop it and say, "Oops." <laughs> oh, but Josh, I, his pictures are better than reality. True, they're more saturated more than reality. Yep. If you use the uh, vivid camera profile and then add about plus five or ten saturation, that's what you get. You can see if you go to PCPer.com, where we have these reviews on the internet, because PC Perspective is a website on the internet, if you're not familiar. Uh, we're not just a podcast. There is an exploded view of this card. And I will say, not that I have a significant issue with this, because I really didn't have time to disassemble and reassemble the card. But I asked, I did ask since I was just borrowing the card, do you mind if I take this all apart and kind of dissect it and show people the PCB and the cooling system? And they said, please do not. Please refrain from doing that. I said, okay. So, uh, and they had little stickers over the screws on the back so they'd know if I tampered with it. So I said, no. And then uh, I noticed that Gamers Nexus has uh, a teardown of this card on their YouTube channel. So apparently... Either they just did it anyway, or they got special permission that I could not get. So if you want to see what this card looks like beyond this 3D exploded view that we have at the website, check out Gamers Nexus on YouTube. But basically the breakdown of this is ultimately it's it's a slightly modified PCB design. I noticed it was a shorter PCB. Sapphire was telling me this was pretty much a stock PCB. It, it, it's definitely a different size. Some of the actual VRMs and components and that sort of thing you can see if you look at one of those breakdowns. But the big thing, of course, is the cooler. And it should be significantly quieter. I was told to expect about my uh, 10 dB lower noise than AMD's reference card. And temps are another matter. We'll, we'll look at the temps as well. But otherwise, this is a slightly overclocked card. And of course, I knew that going into this. I expected just a little bit higher performance, a couple percentage points maybe. And uh, I was alarmed to see as I started putting all the numbers together to make these charts found in the review that uh, that was not the case. It was actually one to two frames per second slower than the reference card. So I get a hold of Sapphire and, you know, it's a late night phone call the night before launch because I hadn't seen any of this until I actually, like the night before when I was making these charts, because I'm like, oh, yeah, those numbers are similar. Yep, they're really close. And I didn't realize they were slightly in favor of the reference card. And we kind of investigated it. I ran some extended benchmarks while logging the clock speeds and looked at the reference clock speeds versus this card. And we have a overperforming reference card, it turns out. So don't go by these charts if you're simply looking for what kind of an edge you might get from this card. It is minimal, though. They have Sapphire has a totally different line of cards. If you go into the Nitro series, that are going to be higher performing than this. This is mostly about the cooler. So I'll skip past benchmark results, which, like I said, they're like one to two frames per second slower than our particular reference card. Which, by the way, if you were to look at Tech Power Up's database of the different uh, BIOS versions that are out there, I don't believe they have a press BIOS in there collection they do have a reference uh 
and if you look at the clocks, it's supposed to be a 1400 megahertz base. I know that's lower than AMD's, what they call a base clock. Their base clock, as they explained it to us, was the kind of the lowest clock you will see in like a power virus test. If you're running Furmark on this thing, 1605 megahertz is about as low as it should be when you're actually using it for 3D acceleration. It has this nominal clock speed of 1400. The Sapphire card has a 1419 megahertz GPU clock at idle. Our reference card had 1434 at idle. And what I noticed head to head between the two cards was the reference card that we have, our press sample was about 30 megahertz higher across the board than this Sapphire card. I don't know if, does anybody have any thoughts about that? Do you think that it's just kind of Silicon lottery luck of the draw, or perhaps I got a tweaked BIOS with some higher than advertised clock speeds? I I think the margins on products right now and the way that they've designed them, that they push the ragged edge at normal kind of speeds and in normal circumstances. And so even though you've got a, a GPU running at 20C hotter, they're still running at that ragged edge, even at lower. And so you just, you know, I think we're just kind of hitting some, some speed limits here. And, uh, well, somebody was saying that uh, these uh, the Radeon uh, 5700s can actually run at 110C reliably. Maybe not great. Maybe not boosting up, but they'll still possibly run that high, which is that's what they're saying. Nuts, but yeah, that's what they say. But but that yeah, it's yep. it's uh, you know it's in between Nvidia, AMD, Intel. And and AMD again with with graphics. I mean, they they put so many things in there to extract as much performance as possible. And I mean, there's little microcontrollers that they control clock speeds and how much the chip heats up and how much power delivery is is done. It's it's not a 1997 Voodoo graphics, which mm-hmm. you're running at. What was the the voltage on that damn thing? It was. It's like 2.9 volts. And why is my family making so much noise? And now my dogs are barking in the background. What the hell is going on? It's an impressive amount of uh, dish noise. That is is insane. Thank you. Thank you, family, for doing dishes in the middle of my podcast. So So uh, for those listening, listening, picture my son in my kitchen throwing dishes onto shelves as loudly as possible. He's about five foot six, darker complexion, and he's throwing dishes literally on shelves. And so that's the noise you're hearing in the background. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just all those little little controllers in there and, and power and, and, and that. I mean, it's just that's why overclocking has sucked so badly until you start getting into some liquid nitrogen. And then it still sucks because you got to look, you got to use liquid nitrogen. We don't have these, you know, damn near 5.3 to 5.4 gigahertz overclocks on air, you just can't get there. It's it's you got to have extreme measures, and it's just it's just basic physics. It's killing us, man. And I think that this is uh, you know this is just an example of it. Yeah, you're going to have a cooler, quieter running card, but it may not necessarily run any faster unless you put some kind of roadblocks in there, like with Nvidia and the RTX stuff. But even then, they kind of really didn't do that. But anyway. Yeah, we're yeah, getting off track. Thoughts. What do you think about these clock speeds on my press sample, Josh? 
You just think it's luck of the draw? I think there is luck of the draw. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. don't think that, you know, PC Per, while I'm proud of it and I'm proud of working there, we, we are not the largest press group out there with the what? biggest amount of, of, of draw and eyes on us. And so mm. why would AMD send you some Uber card? I think because they just maybe took... I have a very special relationship with them and they want to take care of yeah. me. Well, your, your card has an overperformance problem. You know, it, okay, most likely your card knew it was going to a smaller group rather than, you know, the Tom's Hardwares and the PC Magazine, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Linus Tech Tips. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to show these guys. I'm going to show them. You can, can't keep the little man down. And it didn't. And it overperformed. It was the Josh Allen of video cards. But it, it only overperformed it a by a very, card very slight margin. Yeah. <clears throat> and it could get very warm, too. So... Very briefly recapping the end of this review for whatever reason. Uh, temperatures were a little bit lower. I need to en- enact some sort of, or adopt, whichever term is correct, some sort of more strenuous testing for temperatures because just running through a known benchmark and recording the temps above ambient is just not enough when you have a card that is, it doesn't give it enough time to get hot, I guess. Even though I'm doing everything the same way, I have some ideas for improving gpu reviews going forward but doing like a half hour to an hour i guess makes more sense for long-term frequency scaling and temperatures because obviously you're not just gaming for 15 or 20 minutes unless you have severe tension deficit problems like me but yeah i mean power consumption numbers were close i mean it's it was a little bit higher than the reference which is interesting so my reference card at load only pulled 302 total system which includes a i seven ninety seven hundred K and thirty two gigs of RAM and stuff like that. That's that's, and a, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then the three seventeen for the pulse. So it was pulling a little bit more, but it that's what I expected from a you know so called factory overclocked card. So regardless of the whole performance deficit, all that, it, it was fine. It was within kind of a, this window. And temps were lower, even with my brief temperature testing temps were a couple of C lower, edge temp and hot spot. But the big story it was almost exactly the 10 dB lower they promised. It was slightly more. It was like 10.5 dB lower, 38.3 dBA from 12 inches away on an open test bed, just so you know what my testing methodology is. I, this test bed right here, I have a tripod, point the noise meter directly at it, and from that short of a distance, it was still only 38.3 dBA with its default uh, BIOS switch setting. This This card actually has two settings one with a more aggressive fan profile than the other one similar to what we saw with that evga uh hydro card we looked at a couple weeks ago so instead of actually changing the clock frequencies it just changes the fan curve but you can of course manually tweak the fan curve and one interesting thing about that speaking of like software tweaks tricks uh, software is Sapphire's suite. They gave us a pre-release version of it. It wasn't fully working. It has a nice, clean, kind of uh, toned-down interface. What was working on it was their new tricks Boost. So there's going to be a full version of this releasing soon, if it hasn't already. And uh, once they get all the, the rest of the kinks worked out. But the tricks Boost is interesting, because it's basically the principle of DLSS, but instead of using... AI training 
to upscale a lower internal resolution where it's actually being rendered at say 60 or 70% of the final resolution and then being upscaled using the magic of deep learning and artificial intelligence. This is simply on a scale of, uh, you can choose anywhere from 70 to 99% scaling. So a resolution. So if you're at the example was, if you chose 90% quality, the 2560 by 1440 game would actually be rendered at 30 or 2304 by 1296, which is, you know, 10% lower and then upscaled when it hits your monitor. And if you're using either DX9, DX12 or Vulkan, you can enable Radeon image sharpening and you can actually flip the, the switch right inside the trick software to do that for you. And when you, Enable this, the screen flickers for a second, it comes back. When you go into the game, choose your new sort of custom resolution. In this case, it was 2304 by 1296 that I chose. And you run your game. And that 10% drop in internal resolution is so slight, especially when you couple it with, and I tried a couple of DX titles or DX12 titles so I could use the radon image sharpening. And it, I thought maybe I was seeing some stuff in the color, like maybe there was a little bit more averaging in the color information. It was hard to tell anything in motion. I couldn't tell at all, but it's an interesting idea. Like give people this, Hey, you, you, you can down scale the internal resolution of the game just a little bit, just enough to raise frames per second. I'm talking this, this literally raised at about 10 FPS in shadow of the tomb Raider, for example. So you can get yourself a nice boost with the exact same, perceptible image quality for video like for actual gameplay in motion and i I think it'll probably take i'm sure digital foundry or somebody will come out with an analysis of this and show what the actual uh stills look like if you know if they have time to do that but i thought about doing that but really yeah if you if you look at something that's a lower resolution internally that's upscaled and you zoom in closely enough on it, you will see a difference in screenshots, but I didn't see a difference in, in practice. So I thought that was kind of a cool idea that nobody yeah, else has performance done. Performance for free is awesome. Yes, yeah. Is. And I don't think, I don't yeah. think you're, I, I've, I would love it if everybody could try this, if I, but I had to send the card back and it only works on Sapphire cards and radon image sharpening only works on Navi. Yeah. So that is an interesting option from a third party that we had not really expected. Yeah. Did you expect it? Who, me? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, because I was... It would be be an AMD thing initially. It was was in the reviewer's guide, Josh, so I did expect it. Uh, When I actually actually ran the test at about 3 o'clock in the morning, the morning of the... No, I'm uh, talking, you know, if if you originally had the Navi back in in June. Oh, no. Would you have expected? this kind of functionality from a third party and not AMD. No, not at all. I, I thought that when I saw this at first, I thought, oh, this is an easy way to enable radiant image sharpening. That's nice. And then I realized that it was actually doing both because the whole idea of radiant image sharpening is that you could take, say, a nice 4K monitor and you maybe don't want a game at 4K because you'd like a higher frame rate. You'd like better performance. But there's if you've ever looked at a monitor closely, if you're not really sensitive to it, Maybe this doesn't affect you like it does me, but I can always tell if I'm not looking at native resolution on a display. Yeah, it's too it's, close to my face. To figure out. Yeah, because yeah. you see a certain softness to everything. Well, there's so, anti-aliasing going on that shouldn't yeah. be there. That's true. Yeah. They, so yeah, a certain softness. 
a certain softness. And <laughs> I like a certain softness. You could say you could say that. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. My toilet paper. Think, it's like your bag. Expect <laughs> a certain oh. softness. Yeah. And you know, you don't want it to be too hard, too harsh. No. But at the same time, too soft, it's not going to be as effective. Yeah, I mean, because you know what? You can't have it break apart in your hands when you're when you're doing the necessary paperwork. Mm-hmm. Makes for a sticky situation. Just curious <laughs> how far you're going to go with it. Yeah, I think it went about as far as it should have gone, and then a little bit further. And then just so, over the line. Yep, yep. the sticky situation part. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, enough about this card. You, uh, it's, it's interesting, and uh, let's move on. Is to... he ready with those? Does he know when to bring those up? Because that's fast. No, he's, he's I, essentially he's every two minutes. Yeah. Ah. For for first time listeners of the show, I don't know if you you think we're being spontaneous, and sometimes the writing is better than other weeks. But the team of writers that work very hard, by the way, to make this show possible, we're completely scripted. So everything that I'm reading is actually on a script, on a, a teleprompter in front of me. It's, a, it's an iPad that I use as a teleprompter, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I'm worried you're referring to yourself as a team. Yeah, or I a am, person. I Both are awkward. I, it is awkward. Talking to yourself is awkward, and I'm not going to say it has never happened before. Uh, let's move on to discussion of Corsair, <laughs> who we talked about this, I think, at the end of May, when they officially launched Hydro X. And Hydro X is their full line of custom cooling, liquid cooling. And it's not just like a, a kit that has like expansion capabilities. It's not this nothing to do with all in one liquid coolers, which of course Corsair is rather famous for. I think the H one hundred is a legendary cooler in the the annals of time during the height of the AIO explosion. But Hydro X is former EK engineers working at Corsair to bring you high quality and absolutely more RGBs than you can shake a stick at in every component. It is rather remarkable. And I've seen some other water blocks that have some RGB, which look really cool. I think it was Fantex that's had a couple of announcements recently where it's like a, a clear top plate and RGB goodness going on in there. If you're into that sort of thing, and not everybody is, but these are a little bit more subtle with the way they're designed. You wouldn't know it just looking at like the GPU block that if you were to plug this into the controller and actually enable RGB lighting, that this can be any number of colors. And we're talking about addressable RGBs, not just one color. RGBs around the perimeter of things that provide you with the ability to create patterns or choose individual color zones or do whatever you want. you can have like a scrolling marquee where you have like lights that in order of your components scroll through as, as the liquid flows through the system. But enough about RGBs. It's, it was my first time ever building a loop, first of all. So when I actually sat down to review this, yeah, I was very intimidated. And I, I watched some videos that are out there, read some stuff and it's, a little disconcerting for the absolute beginner like me, because I didn't have anybody here with me who'd done this before. And seeing that there's different schools of thought, like some people think there's an absolute rigid standard about what order you put everything as far as the pump, reservoir, radiators, which block goes first. There's parallel uh, flow. There's uh, 
I don't know what the other term is, like single-ended. Whatever I ended up doing was the, the absolute simplest loop I could come up with. Uh, does anybody on the show, other than me, have any experience with custom liquid cooling at all? Yeah, a little bit. Maury. You do. But he's not on the show. Not on this episode. I should have had him on this episode. Actually, I should have I had him shower regularly. This, but... uh, that's that's okay. good. I actually, um, to tell you the truth, uh, I've been calling people to just look at your photography because I don't. They didn't even know what they were looking at. I'm just like, this is some really nice photography of this stuff. This is pretty darn sweet. That's and, and that's and really the, that's that's my comfort see, zone. See, that's that, that's a radar phased array from Area 51 that was okay. recovered from a 1949 flying saucer, and uh, yeah. Repurposed. Sure, cool was the forty nine crash? Was it the forty nine crash or the one that came after sure. that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some of these pictures, uh, fabulous. Just fabulous. Bo- Thanks. Yep. It's it's a Nikon micro uh, <clears throat> lens. It's actually if you're looking at this is the camera I use. This is a D fifty one hundred DSLR that I got years ago on clearance at the retailer I worked for, and. Uh, I just used my AFS Micro Nikkor 40 millimeter. It's a 2.8 uh, f 2.8 lens, so it's just enough. Like it's it, it's not really meant for. It's kind of a, a interesting lens, but we don't have to talk about lenses. Uh, right. But but more about water cooling. You're more asking about water about, cooling. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, yeah, you. I think you'd said something, and somebody just mentioned it in chat. Is actually the uh, the order doesn't matter, except I did read about the Corsair kit. Um. And uh, they actually have to know the order in their IQ software due to the lighting. It's not nothing to do with the, yes. the water flow. It's actually so that they can synchronize and so that you can kind of get that, that effect that kind of goes from one to the other just so that they know, what, you know which element they're traversing through in order to light you up appropriately. I actually went and through their this, configurator too, yeah. by the way, which yeah. is really yeah. awesome. Their, their online tool, very cool. It's super polished. and yeah, They're not the first, really I don't think. EK has no, one, EK and I went did through that too. too. But EK's is a little bit more towards an advanced user, I think, because you're getting more just mm-hmm. lists, and it's like black text on a white screen. You have a little bit of visual to help you see what you're doing or what you're getting in the end. But Corsair's, is, it looks like a it's a very polished web application that has visuals all the way through to guide you. And I, I was very impressed with how polished that is. I was using that configurator are, from the day that it launched. And, and it's not just for Corsair. They are a marketing either. machine. Sorry to talk over you, Brett, but I needed to throw that in because yep. Corsair, they're marketing strong. If you didn't notice. Uh, yeah. They, I just anyway, wanted to, ahead, just to say that their, uh, their equipment uh, or their configurator is actually um, well stocked with third-party cases and third-party motherboards. And they've got Z370, Z390 stuff, uh, Fantex cases. I was just playing around with it. And uh, they won't show a picture of everything, but they do kind of illustrate it when they don't have the exact photograph. So highly recommend it if you guys want to just go play around with it. Uh, it's not cheap. I mean, I configured a few things just for... Um, you know, some RGBs, fans, uh, water block uh, for the CPU, of course, a uh, couple different graphics cards and things like that. And it was still, it was pushing 700 bucks. Yeah. So I do they heard... have an audio option where they describe in audio terms what you're looking Gosh. at and configure? We're going to, we're going to dub that in, in the edit. We're going <laughs> to fully describe that later. 
The radiator Take goes. Take your three quarter inch spigot <laughs> and screw it counterclockwise. This, into this is not this kind of loved, podcast. Not I would not have loved kind of to listen to something like this while I was building it, Josh. Where were you? If only whispering into my ears as I connect. ASMR water cooling. Yes. Construction. Yes. This is this is an untapped reservoir of of potential monetary improvements. Imagine the sound I, of the water pouring into the uh, reservoir. As I squeeze the plastic tube with the Why goose do I encourage neck. this? I shouldn't even I know. I, I, I should stop. I encountered some oh. resistance as I pushed the flexible tubing against you're doing the bar. It. You're doing it now. This is you. I slowly slid my compression ring down. And it I met with a, a metallic clone. clink from the tubing. As it, it gave a little bit, but not too much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, Lord. You're once again oh, you're listening God. to the final episode of the PC Production <laughs> Podcast. We made it this Good far. Night, Jeremy, I haven't heard enough of Jeremy. I want to hear more of Jeremy's dulcet tones from Canada. What do you think about this? Is this relevant mm. anymore? Do you like this? I, to be honest, when you first showed us that picture, it scared the hell out of me. That is just a huge amount of work and a lot of leaky things, possibly, because having never put one of these together before, I would be concerned about how I would do without somebody talking me through the instructions. The uh, fact that they constantly be saying, no, I said the other way, recalculating, 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 would have ruined the experience, though. If you want fancy, though, uh, and someone mentioned that Maury is good at this because that's what he does. He builds cases, brings them down to QuakeCon, and shows them off and tries to win contests because he builds beautiful things. This is a good chance for someone uh, who isn't interested in you know measuring out tubing, cutting it, and doing all that to dip their toes into it, more or less. Good Lord, but, man. And you did that by yourself? I, I, I know. No, no, not you. Sebastian, the other one. Yes, yeah. I, I'm you know, also I'm looking in at shock. the pictures. I'm, I'm looking at the pictures. It's like, you know, somebody who's done this for the first time and just takes their time and thinks about it can yeah. have a visually stunning mm-hmm. simulating. Here's what's awesome about it because I, I did all of this dry, of course. I, I oh, played God. around with the different. You should have had a drink I thought we weren't going there anymore. You know, you got to use a little lube. And the ends of never mind. Hey, I had all my clothes on. Okay, Josh. So that that would just be a mess. But I, I, you can you can set all this up. You can stage it out. I, I did some rough like estimates about like the actual tubing length that I needed and all that kind of stuff. And there there are different connectors. We got a, a sampling of everything. So there's the standard compression fittings, and then there were some 90 degree angle adapters. There were some like 45 degree angle uh, adapters that rotated, so you could get different angles off of it. I used one of those on the CPU block. And you can basically even there's a little bit of wiggle room, basically, especially if you're using some of these angle adapters. And once I got a, a rough idea of the, the what I needed, I started fitting it all together on my like open test bench. And long before I ever introduced any of the liquid into the system at all. So I was confident I had everything completely tight and everything was the right length long before I ever filled the reservoir. And I think there are still micro bubbles in the reservoir. I don't know how to get rid of those. <gasps> Not as many, but I guess I haven't used the system enough. They say 
because uh, if you look at some of the pictures in the review, you'll see these little bubbles all over. It's like it looks like carbonated uh, liquid, like Sprite is filling my reservoir. And while I did Does use it taste like some, Sprite? I only used some Sprite when I ran out of the actual coolant. So hopefully that will eventually work its way through the system. I didn't actually, but uh, yeah, it the by, to performance. The, that was the thing. It, not only does it look cool, uh, and it has all these addressable RGBs, which you can do all sorts of things with, but it actually is a liquid cooling system. So I did some quick numbers. I had I had taken, and we talked about like the fears of of things leaking and stuff, which hasn't happened at all. But I just went for it. I took the 3900x the only one we have the unobtainable 3900x ryzen processor and i used that with the am4 water block and i took the most expensive gpu that we have which is the 2080 ti founders edition and i i threw that in there too i took the the stock cooler off of that put the block on it and the performance before I did all of these modifications, when I just had it on the test bench with AMD's uh, Wraith Prism cooler, which is, of course, you know, the stock cooler is not what you're going to go with for high performance with the 3900X, but it does okay. It's like 89C under load. But in this loop, and I, I really want to readdress this loop, I want to go in and add the second radiator because I have two radiators. I want to modify the the layout a little bit. But with the, the layout the way that it was in the pictures that you see the the air or the air the fluid was coming from the pump into the gpu block first from the gpu block into the cpu block so my cpu temps were never going to be as low as they could be if the cpu either had its own rad or if i had had it go into the cpu block first mm-hmm. so gpu temps under know, load wait, wait, seriously it, it really doesn't matter they, the the temperature of the liquid equalizes after a period yeah. of time. So, I mean, you could have two radiators and might you might be able to get a little bit more, you know, uh, cooling out of it. But, you know, after a while, the liquid gets to be the same temperature. Order doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what I'd read too. And then I'd like, but, but even with this custom loop, my temperatures with the 3900X were still like 75C. They dropped almost 15 degrees which is huge, but that's against the stock cooler. I haven't put a big air cooler on the 3900X yet. Like the Be Quiet Dark Rock Pro 4 that I have here, was I was going to put on that. So it was significant, and I was running you know, top speed at like 75C with the 3900X in a room that was 26 degrees C. So that's the deltas are very good. The GPU was astonishing to me, and that's why I started to think, well, maybe the order does matter because... This 2080 Ti, which was like 75 to 77 degrees on the open test bench under load before adding a block, with this system, it was hitting 47, 48 under full load. So just dramatically lower temperatures. And the design of the block was outstanding. It was, it was very well machined. I was a little worried because if you see in some of the photos, when I first took the GPU apart and cleaned everything up, the the stock cooler uses some sort of compound in between the chokes and the original heatsink. 
And on the block from Corsair, there was simply pre-applied thermal pads for the actual VRMs and pre-applied thermal interface material for the GPU itself. There were cavities for the chokes, but there was not any kind of material cushioning the chokes in there. But I guess there was just enough of an air gap, so they weren't actually making contact. And apparently... Chokes don't really generate a lot of heat. It's the VRMs right. you need to worry about. Yep. So yep. the the results speak for themselves. The numbers are crazy. I needed to do a little bit more testing and actually record like VRM temps, uh, you know, before and after and stuff. But it, it's a remarkable system for a first effort. It doesn't nothing nothing about this from packaging to contents, the actual build quality, the performance, the way that it looks. I mean, pricing out an EK system, which was more expensive, by the way, and far less visually stunning, because even the addressable RGBs that they have, they're not quite to the same level. Like this Corsair system was designed pretty much from the ground up, it looks like, to showcase addressable RGB lighting. And it's kind of crazy. But so if you've got if you've got the same budget that somebody might be using to buy a high-end graphics card, like for the price of an RTX 2080 Super, you could buy a, a liquid cooling system instead. And it would get you tremendous performance and look amazing. It is intimidating. And for the first-time builder like me, it took a while. I took my time. Ended up working out just fine. But it's not for everybody. That's what I said in the review. It's just not for everyone. It looks amazing. It's like the ultimate accessory you can do for your build. And, and anytime you see those custom build photos, I've always admired especially hard tubing, some of the crazy things people do with with PC builds. But it's an impressive effort from Corsair. I, I assume they included some sort of like bio side or something in the kit, right? For the, You used uh, straight up water in it? No, 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 no. I used, uh, I'm looking for the bottle. I have a couple bottles of their coolant. They offer it in different colors. I just have the clear coolant. But it, it smelled kind of like... Uh, has some sort of a solvent in it and it was slightly viscous so i'll have to actually grab that and see oh here we go you didn't taste it i did not I'm it had a kind of a smell it's xl5 performance coolant long lasting pre-mixed performance coolant ready to go right out of the bottle it's uh <clears> let's see here do, do you remember water back in the day 10 percent with glycerol with, with their first with their first product, water cooling product. Whose? Whose? Corsair. Oh, what was their first one? It was really interesting. And they had this, it wasn't quite an all-in-one thing, <clears throat> but they had this, you know, microfiber, uh, micro-channel uh, block. And uh, unfortunately, they 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 mixed metals. And oh! And so these people had these awesome temperatures at, at the beginning, and then suddenly everything kept going up and up and up and up and up and up and up until finally that they were, you know, literally boiling the CPU. Mm-hmm. And, and someone took apart the 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 Corsair, you know, kind of all in one thing, <clears throat> and it was all green because they had like had nickel components with with copper, and uh, it just oxidized all of the copper in the uh the, the cpu cooling seat and and it blocked all of the channels so this is a uh this is a, this is a nice improvement but of course that was almost 15 years ago which was a long time 
I mean, especially, you know, if if you think that, you know, you're looking, you're living in 1989 and, and you think back to 1974 and all the changes that happened there, that's, that's essentially the same thing. Yeah. They've learned a lot in that time. Electro migration of, of, mm-hmm. of, 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 yeah, metal. I want to add something nice conductor mm, circulating yeah. around for ions yeah. and electrons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like Electricity. It. It's a wonderful thing. I want to add that Gert tracker in our discord chat pointed out that with the GPU block, I was getting direct contact with the GPU die, but with the CPU, I'm going through that heat spreader. So the internal connect, like the, the, the actual Tim they're using, Will affect that. Like it's not quite as efficient. So obviously, the next step is to delid the 3900x clearly, and then I'll get the Good real performance. That. So yeah, direct eye cooling. Of course, uh, Jordan in our chat is a liar. I will just say that right now. I don't believe you. You're not delid your 3900x, and I don't. Th- I don't think you're even using water cooling. But uh, at this point, I think it's time to take a little bit of a break and think. This week's podcast sponsor. This week's sponsor is Captera. Now, if you have a business, you need software. There's almost no business out there these days that doesn't either require or at least benefit from having good software. Now, maybe it's it's basic software. It's just stuff like word processing, emails, customer database management, stuff like that. Maybe it's more specific, stuff for managing medical records, stuff for managing employees in the field. Regardless, how do you find the software you need? Maybe you know what you need. Like, you know, that there's a particular type of software and you just need to make a choice between brands or or developers. Maybe you don't even know what's out there for your business. How do you go about finding it? And then once you find something, how do you know it's good? How do you know that it, it meets your needs or that it's, it's quality? Well, that's where Captera comes in. Captera is the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your business. It features over 950,000 reviews of real software products from real users and enables you to discover everything you need to make an informed decision on acquiring that software for your business. Search through more than 700 specific categories of software, everything from project management, email marketing to yoga management software, and then read those real reviews. Get that real valuable feedback, reviews you can trust from people who are actually using the software. No matter what kind of software you, your business needs, Captera makes it easy to discover the right solution fast. Now, here's how you use it. It's 100% free. Just go to captera.com slash pcper. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash pcper. And you can start browsing right away. There's no sign up. There's no credit card. There's no payment. It's 100% free for you to use. Start browsing through the categories. Search for a specific uh, type of software. Either way, you're going to find tons of options with easy to read entries for each software product. And then you can read those real reviews, get that valuable feedback. So if you have any type of business and you're looking for software, if it's a new business or an existing business, you can find the software you need. You can find new software solutions that'll help improve your business and keep your employees and your customers happy. Join the millions of people who use Captera each month to find the right tools for their business. That's captera.com slash PC per C-A-P- T-E-R-R-A dot com slash PC per start searching, find the software that's going to make your business run better. Captera software selection simplified. And we thank Captera for their support of the PC perspective podcast. Thank you, Jim. 
And uh, thank you to our sponsor. Let's move into news of the week. Not a whole lot of stories. And you know what? This might as well be called the PCI Express 4.0 segment of the podcast. Because we've got, there was a lot of storage news in the last week. There was some other kind of things going on, but the things that stood out to me anyway were storage. You know what? If there was a killer application for PCI 4.0, it's not graphics. Mm -hmm. It's not really inner CPU communication. Audio. No, it's. It, it is audio. Okay, and shit, you've never man. heard uncompressed sound like you can get with PCI Express 4.0. No. In fact, Pumping uh, you know. Gigabytes per second. PCI 4.0 it's, it's was reading was camera cards. Not only. Well, no, with the audio, they, they designed PCI 4.0 to use this special nickel-plated copper leads from the CPU to the uh, to the audio. <clears throat> And uh, that, that, in fact, makes your packets run a little clearer so your audio is is just pristine. You can really hear the difference. It, it depends it's $175 on the $175 for 15 inches of, of this PCIe 4.0 lead. That's cheap. Cheap at half yeah, the price. I know. I know. It's, it's, you know, Denon is, uh, they're making a killing on this. Denon makes motherboards now? Interesting. They've entered the just, realm... Just the PCI4 interconnect to audio. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. They're specializing. Okay. Now, you joke yeah. about this, but I guarantee there will be such a product soon. Oxygen-free <sighs> copper, you know, all that. Oh, yeah. Because there there are you, USB you do remember the, conditioners the, the, out there. Who, Monster Cable? Denon. Monster Cable, man. Yeah. No, you know Denon had a $250 Cat5e cable that was this long. Yep. Well, I'm sure it was very hey, special. Do you remember that? No. Oh, yeah. That has nothing on the AudioQuest Ethernet Specially cable. Specially aligned electrons. <clears throat> anyway. You, you joke. Oh, here it is. That's, that, yeah, that's see, there a, it is. There it lie. is, Denon. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not screwing around. No, it's true. Yeah, $500 for a little chunk of Ethernet cable. But it, but it was nicely braided for the time. What were we talking about again? Oh, yes. For you know, Josh. 4.0. Josh. You're a big me. fan of Faison and their their PCI Express 4.0 goodness. You know, not? I wouldn't say that I'm a big fan of them. However, oh, okay. I appreciate what they've done for the industry. And AMD, who apparently gave them about $15 million to help develop the interesting, PCI interesting. 4.0, uh, what, E16 controller? Uh, they, they are the first to capitalize on this. And... They're selling some products. Uh, their friends, Sabrent, uh, Corsair, Gigabyte, others, uh, they're all using this controller, which is almost drop-in uh, from the E12. There's too many mm-hmm. E's. There's mm-hmm. the E12, 16, and then the 18, which is going to be the 19, which is lower power. Anyway. Well, you know what? <clears throat> yeah, like 19 is lower power. But look at look at the 18. The, to quote, the 18 to is actually a redesign. It is a redesign. And they've to, to increased paraphrase, the performance. Go ahead. To paraphrase Bill Gates when talking about uh, Steve Jobs' next computer system. Develop for Nobody it. Needs I'll piss on 640K. it. 640K? What? No, he said I'll piss on it. And oh. that's what I say about the 16. You know what? The 16 is cute. Piss on it. I want the 18. Because why would yeah. you Why would you settle for four or five gigabytes per second when you could have mm-hmm. seven, baby? Seven gigabytes per second on the same interface. <clears throat> 
and look at the, you look at the if you're looking at the website, look at the specs for this thing. I, I made a beautiful table. I worked hard on this table, by the you way. Did. Then just screenshot did. the table on their website. I made my own so you could like search it. One million ops and stuff. Look at that. One, One million, million ops. IOPS. Yep. And uh eight channels of you know, the So those numbers are the same, but twelve hundred mega transfers per channel up to you know eight what's kinda terabytes. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's int- Okay, uh the uh the what the E twelve? Is that correct? E fourteen? E twelve. And uh, E sixteen are based on twenty eight nanometer uh process technology. The E eighteen is was it fourteen or twelve? Fourteen or twelve. Twelve what? nanometer. TSMC. Twelve, yeah. And so uh, you know, they the power on the uh the latest E sixteen is something like well, they they say six watts TDP, but I think that that is being generous. I would say it's probably in ten to twelve watt TDP Whoa, because okay. of the amount wow. of heat coming out. But they're but look advertising at this, look at the numbers as, for this one as three, three watt TDP. Yeah, I mean that's half. a massive. Which well, it's more than half because think yeah. of of twenty eight nanometer planar, and if they're using twelve nanometer TSMC, it's it's FinFET. And so they're going to get some some real real power savings here, and you know why I don't know the clocks that they're doing, but you know they're going to get some some better clock speeds throughout, and that's probably why they're getting seven gigabytes per second with a million IOPS. That's that's awesome. We needed that like now. These are numbers that maybe Samsung can have in January or February of twenty twenty. But hopefully, you know, Faison is actually able to execute on this, get out the firmware and uh, the products and and get it rolling to customers in in a short amount of time. And and that being like within three months, we'll see. But it's exciting because this is a true next generation. It's not just like, hey, we're taking this E12 controller and we're going to make it PCIe 4.0. And so we're going to get, you know, these, these sequential reads up to five gigabytes per second. No, this is... We're going to add another core to it. It's going to be faster. It's going to be more power efficient. And in many circumstances, it's going to outperform what we've done previously on even just PCIe 3.0. So it's a it's hey, a nice thing. Anybody else with thoughts about this before we move on to the next PCI Express 4.0 story? Yeah. When, when, when can we raid these? <sighs> yeah. Not soon Somebody enough. needs to have that bridge chip. You know, splitter. I I have one PCIe four drive here. I just have this one Corsair drive here. Yeah, yeah. I've got the Sabred. I need another one, but I think it's around here somewhere. Oh, here we go. Let me grab this. Because there are devices. There are devices that will let you connect more than one, even to one PCI Express slot. This this thing, yeah. Expander Z Gen four. With active cooling, you can put a couple Wait, of PCI. Wait, that is a Gen 4? Yeah, Expander? Gen 4. Yeah. Nice. That's it right on the back. Look okay. around the front. Look oh, at that. That's, that's from what's the Godlike, right? Yeah. I don't know if they sell it separately or not. It comes with the Godlike board. So if you're on the fence about which $700 X570 board to get, this one has the uh, Expander Gen, the Expander Z Gen 4 M.2 thing. But a lot of these have, they have multiple... M.2 
anyway. So if you just buy a couple of these, I I have not tried to raid them yet because as I said, I don't have more than one drive. But speaking of drives, Samsung. Tim actually posted this for us. Samsung readies the PM1733 PCIe 4.0 SSD and high-capacity memory for AMD Epic servers. I imagine the performance of this will be rather high. And I, I hope... I hope that I'm getting enterprise. Five million. Do you, do you think it would be beyond <laughs> IO magic? I don't know. If only Alan was hand. here. If only Alan was here. He would talk about the magic people and yep. Steve Jobs. Not Steve Jobs, but the Waz. Well, he would talk about Steve Jobs, I'm sure. Sure, why not? We'll talk about Steve Jobs, too. That's an hour or two of the podcast. Our retrospective oh, on Definitely the mid-1980s uh, in the world of uh, computers. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm looking at the numbers here. They're they're using their own Gen Five VNAND flash. It's TLC. I mean, this is this is all it's all enterprise stuff. I'm just hoping that this trickles down that they actually end up coming out with their own consumer M.2 PCIe four drive. That'll be very interesting to me to see what they can can do because right now Faison's the only game in town. I think I don't think Silicon motion is any closer to releasing they were talking next year mm-hmm. i don't know who else has a yeah, controller nobody but... has anything on their calendar for this year it's just it's Fizon. Yeah. they've they've cornered the pcie 4.0 market for storage right now and we'll see how well they capitalize on that because the e18 if it performs as they are promising then that's going to be going to be hard to beat it's going to be epic Epic, oh, you went right? there. Yep, Need I did. Epic. I have no shame. Hey, Jeremy, do you like looking at washed out slides from a projector in a very bright boardroom? It because I know that many memories. Mm-hmm. So you posted about something absolutely unbelievable. Intel. Jumping on the PCIe 4.0 bandwagon, I thought they were. I thought there was five. I thought they were just leapfrogging PCIe 4 and going oh, yeah, right they, on to five. Yeah, PCIe 4.0 was a joke, and they were just going straight to five. Yeah, there shall be no four, right? Except on a knock, apparently. So it's a brand new uh, Phantom Canyon concept knock, um, which is using as of yet unreleased uh, Phantom Canyon uh, Tiger Lake. I guess Tiger Lake is this one uh, chip, and I mean honestly, it's it's for a knock kind of kick ass. I mean a 1660 Ti or a 2060, depending on which one you go with. Uh, two so two dims up to 64 gigs, pair of M.2 4.0 NVMe connectors. It's got to be Just about everything. I mean, they must have just meant to type five. Mm-hmm. 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 It and says "Rate Capable." The by the way, logo. Yes, it does. And, and of course, for those now the Skull Trail logo is RGB. It, for those listening, if you remember the the other like the Skull Trail Nook, the the bigger it's the bigger, wider form factor. It kind of looks like a set top box. It looks kind of like an Nvidia Shield, but a little bit taller. This is not the little square Intel Nook like like this thing right here in my hands. Like this, this is yeah, like your it's... consumer. Nook. It's it, this is bigger. It's wider. Looks like about a, two and a half times the size. Yeah, a more powerful CPU. 
but the dates on this though, like they're talking 2021. It's kind of yeah. late to the game. I'm hoping that's more like the 2020 time frame for them, but because right now well, this, this, is, is, this is one of the newest ones, and this is eighth gen. Yeah. So they have not moved on to ninth gen that I've seen from the the consumer level. Well, and this isn't. Uh, this is skipping a couple of generations because um, Ice Lake, you know, sort of. Then there's Cooper Lake, and then there's going to be this one, uh, which okay. is Tiger Lake, because we need more lakes. So many freaking lakes. I think there's a Comet Lake in there, too, somewhere, but not for this, to, the lower end stuff. I need to study a roadmap because I do not have these uh, code names down at all. It's not a map anymore. It's a portage route. Okay. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, that's the Phantom, the the Phantom Canyon concept. I know there's an I didn't this is there's a different one floating around out there. This one was via Fanless Tech, but isn't there a like a larger form factor Nook concept coming that actually uses one of their own discrete graphics cards? Yeah, Chip Hell shows it. It looks like uh, one of those external GPU enclosures. Okay, yeah, and it's tall and long as opposed to sitting on the side, and that again just. Concept and it is off to get the friction on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quantum well, think the Dan, think Dan case A4 SFX, right? So then it's maybe a little bit smaller than that, but that sort of compact shoe box size thing. That's interesting. Which they like stuck to a that. quadro in for some reason. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, because they don't have... What, what does that mean that the Intel uh, discrete graphics will just be a uh, license rebadged quadro card? No, they wouldn't have hired all those people to do that. Uh, what's well, next? You know, they're not putting AMD graphics on it again, so there. No, well, I mean that relationship was fruitful for them. I mean, Raja worked with Intel, did that project, then he Got left the one processor. Intel. Exactly. Yeah. So Shocker. Apple, Apple, shocking. Speaking of shocking, <laughs> nice. Apple continues to startle and surprise with their seeming disregard for uh, what is it? Right customers. to repair. Well, yeah, customers. So Jeremy, please enlighten us about what's the latest from Apple and changing your own iPhone battery. Yeah. So if you had the temerity to ask somebody other than a licensed genius to uh, change your battery with a licensed battery, which essentially has the same sort of microcontroller in it that uh, HP and the printer ain't gotten so much trouble for just a few brief years ago, you will no longer be able to see your battery health. It will just tell you that it needs to be serviced, even though it is perfect. And to make it even better, Apple has sort of said, well, you know what? If you do, you know, do this, we'll, we'll forgive you and you can bring it into one of our stores and pay us to change the uh, little bit of uh, code on the, the software on the battery so that it'll now tell you if it's healthy or not. I think that's official. They didn't say how much they were going to charge for that. No, they'll diddle it. They'll just... Yes. Yeah. So it's not that the battery is not proper it's a, because apple would not hand you back a phone if they said yeah no this one right. this is the reason you're not allowed to bring our stuff on planes right now so we're not going to let you have that no it's it's a perfectly valid battery they just need to add whatever the serial is on it to their list of batteries you're permitted to use 
You know, I, I watched a, a, a video on this from Lewis Rossman, who did a huge breakdown of it and had a discussion roundtable with a bunch of other third-party repair people in the industry. And he has an example that is right down to the, even if you take a fresh battery out of a brand new phone and transfer it over to a different phone, it'll drop into that same, hey, service mode. So it's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You're spot on. We need a way, it's like diagnostic codes on a car. We need a way to go in and reset that. If you change your own oil, you have to know how to reset that. Mm-hmm. And on some newer cars, it's it's buried in like a sub-menu on your heads-up display. Ask but, a hey, John Deere least... owner about that kind of crap. They're going to yeah. be um, unsoldering the little microcontroller from the dead battery and moving it over to yeah. the good uh, or the newer cells. And that that's how they're going to get around it, for third-party repair anyway. Speaking of shocking things and bad segues, Jeremy. I actually own, I actually own it. Oh, but here we go. Oh, look, some shock too. CD-ROM. Now, do you have wait, here, a CD-ROM here, wait, drive wait. in your current system? No, but in case, anybody needs, in case anybody needs the, uh, let me see if I can get it to focus. Yeah, how to. The the, the uh, yeah. wait you have a product ID code Turn down left, here or something walk backwards no no it's forward the, there you go next weapon yep oh oh, oh I, to, I toast and I toast time you, sir. to find mine I toast you hey nice if I had time I might even be able to find the box I guarantee Josh if anybody yeah, Jeff, still Jeff, has three CD drive. <laughs> Josh, please tell me you have a working CD-ROM drive in your system right now. Yes, I've got two. I've got two. Okay, uh, thank you. Two optical thank drives. I have a USB God. one. I have a USB count. one. Internal no, it doesn't only. count. Internal only, yes. That is correct. I have one in this uh, one and one networked from the other PC. I don't just have why one. Share it? I don't just have one system with internal CD-ROM drives. I have a collection of CDs with some CD-ROM drives. Systems, oh, wait, CDs. You, did Whatever you mean systems saying. that were turned off? Because I've got one of those. No, you mean ones oh, that are not. You have to be. No, using I mean, it. it has to be the, your everyday PC needs to have a CD <laughs> okay. drive. No, no, I'm still. A loser. If you care, <laughs> if you care, you would have one. Although the enhanced edition of System Shock probably won't require a CD-ROM drive, will it? No, but it will make the noise occasionally just to make sure that you get the full experience. Hopefully. You know what? I miss hard drive sounds. Not not the whine, but I, I wouldn't mind if maybe there was a little device that would kind of synchronize with you. You could like go off like the, the noisemakers on an electric car. Yeah, I want so to hear my hard drive like churning away off of my M.2 SSD. Little seek noises. Windows never stopped with that. It was just endless. Yeah. Mm-hmm background activity can you imagine what it would be like in windows 10 every second of the day there's like three or four instances of the edge browser in the background for no reason even though you don't even use it plus like three instances of cortana (laughs) having done that on a laptop yes well that's the other problem picks of the week jeremy you're first what did you have god am i so, you know, beer fridges are a thing, but uh, they're kind of old and busted nowadays because you don't really know how much beer you got. You might run out. It's kind of hard to know which one you're going to be pulling without some proper labeling. So why not 
build yourself a, a nice little system with a microcontroller in it that will not just tell you exactly what beer is coming out, but how much you got left, the temperature, the PSI of the gas, how much gas you've got left, and just about friggin' everything else you'd want. And so this is a project over at Hackaday where he walks you through um, the entire design. Uh, there are other ways other ways you can go about figuring out uh, how to set up your freezer or fridge uh, and sweet various. breadboard man but yeah it, it, and it's pretty he's got a 3d printer uh, stis so that you can the end final product will look nice and so you know on the plus side hey beer but you're gonna have to work a bit for it this is so much better than drilling a hole in the front of a fridge and uh, installing a beer handle so if you like draft and uh you got some free time, and honestly, the component list, as long as you're willing to shop around a little bit, is not that stupidly expensive. You could have a lot of fun with this. Excellent. I'm always up for tapping things. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Josh, speaking Me. of things. Okay, so uh, I was inspired by you uh, last week and your uh, review, and I thought, you know, I've been looking for a back bias solution for my monitor for a long, 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 long time. This one's available. There was one that I'd been keeping track of, but it was like never available. And they didn't know when it was going to be. But this had all the same kind of features. And, you know, it was, it, was, it was a good thing. It was the NZ XT Hue 2. I mean, it's not a perfect product, but it's pretty good. The only issue I really have with it is there is a little bit of latency when you're using like ambient. Um, setting where it kind of reflects what is on your screen it's not always perfect with that and it's not always really fast but once you start really getting to a game you don't notice it as much or with video but it's just that first little bit but otherwise it um you know it provides what you kind of ask it i mean it it bounces all that lighting off the back wall of where your screen is and it and it provides this nice back bias lighting and it's, you know, I remember what Philips or Sharp offered that uh, Aquos or whatever rear lighting probably about seven, eight, nine years ago. Didn't really take off, but <clears throat> it makes a difference. And especially when I come in in the morning and it's a little dark in my, my office because I don't have lights on. And I turn on the computer and that thing pops up and it, it just kind of fills the room with ambient light. And it's it's nice and it it's not hurtful unless you've got like a pure black background and you pop up a white window and then you're suddenly Nosferatu. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's, it's good stuff and it's not terribly expensive. It's like 79 bucks for the 34 inch, 35 inch widescreen that I'm using. It's good stuff. And it's, uh, you know, it's a little modular and, uh, you can use it for a lot of things and, you know, just take your time. And put it all together, and it works nicely. And you put on a little careless. Plus, I had like uh, you know fifty dollars worth of Discover points, and so I got it for twenty five bucks, thirty bucks. Nice. Well, nice. to Brett's point, did you, Josh? Did you play any old? Uh, I've, why am I George Michael? Did you play George any old Michael. Wham yeah. videos? Did you yep. Did you watch the Careless Whisper video? What does it throw behind your monitor during Careless Whisper? You know, I, I only watched Freedom. 
for multiple okay. reasons. Mm-hmm. And but because of the the dark and the flashes of, of white and light and, and and you know skin tones and whatever, you know it was very very natural. It it felt like that. You know I was I was with the supermodels of the '90s in spirit. You know when I watch Ariana Grande videos on this display instead of working, mm-hmm. I think it really adds to the ambiance. I'm so but the, I wouldn't have noticed the lag because I was just so engaged in what I was watching. <laughs> but, um. Brett, did you have a pick of the week for us? I, I did, and I got this out again. Uh, I had it for a while. I backed these guys on Kickstarter, and um, I was like, wow, this thing is really useful. I should travel with this more. This is a collapsible laptop stand. It's called the uh, the Roost, and I backed it on Kickstarter, and I got it for a reasonable uh, price at the time. It's a little bit pricey. Now I put the links in the uh, in the in there. So, yeah, this is the original, very high-quality um very strong. Uh, it actually works really well. Keeps the laptop a lot cooler uh, when you want to, you know, maybe. Can you assault somebody with that? Um, I maybe once, maybe twice. Might get a couple of reasonable swings out of it. It's actually a fairly hefty, good quality uh, plastic in that. But oh, uh, I thought it's, it was metal. No, no, no. This this one isn't metal. Um, oh, but yeah. It's the whole thing collapses and it's resettable for a height perspective. Um, so you can get the exact angle that you want out of it. Uh, but they, this is somewhat pricey from the original roost people. Like I said, I backed it on Kickstarter and, uh, did pretty well with that, but they make a slightly less expensive, uh, version, kind of a Chinese knockoff. Actually, you know, you make something like this on Kickstarter. In fact, they watch Kickstarter and knock it off sometimes before the original people even, even get it to market, but they have a, they have a, uh, a more less pricey variant of this. That's pretty much the same thing. So for thirty bucks, it's actually a, a reasonable, uh, collapsible uh, travel companion to get your laptop off the suffocating uh, surface of the bed, you know, maybe or whatever, or uh, at the right angle, um, so that you're not hunched over your laptop when you're traveling or whatever, or even at home. So does it work on a bed? Is it stable enough that you can absolutely like, put it on? A, okay. Yeah. These, what uh, are you doing these... on the bed? <laughs> You just, I mean, you need you need stability for various reasons on the bed, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. With your laptop, the, this, can you apply the hue two to the back of of that? Uh, never mind. You know what? It's you can you can apply it to anything, Josh. Anything. Apply it directly to the forehead. Uh, I was thinking like the back. I could have my own ambient light and just plug. Well, I have to plug the USB cable into something, Jeremy. I could watch that forty or fifty times. Yeah. You may be able to be doing it mentally right now. I am. It, I, I'm going to go over to Zombocom later, too. What are we talking about? The Click of Death video? Head or, on. Or what? No, Zombocom. Head on. Apply directly to you the floor. You can do anything. Okay. Zombocom. Zombocom. You could do anything at Zombocom. No one knows what we're talking about. The world is your oyster. It's completely over my head. I have no idea what this Zombocom. is. You're using you it wrong, then. Apply it directly to the head. To the forehead. Uh, I have a very... Uh, conventional and not very exciting pick but you know what uh lenovo was kind enough to send some laptops which i desperately need to get through one of the recent finds in these like five boxes full of laptops that i have here is the thinkpad t490s and i took it out of the box and i'm thinking okay what is this uh it's you know it's eighth gen it's it's not that compelling but you know what it actually is because it's super light and it's just everything that a ThinkPad should be. It's everything that a work laptop look, should be, look in at my that opinion. Keyboard. It's got the race keys. 
Yep. It has Looks nice like it can... keys. Oh. It's, it's got it the almost actually that thing and, and, and you can uh, you can finger right it too corner. there. Mm-hmm. It's got the nipple. It's it's yeah, it's got the track point. Uh but you know, I, well, I'm so used is. to shallow I'm so used to shallow key presses and I've been using an HP Spectre with it's really you know really what? crisp Ken, and clicky but very shallow. Ken is honestly on his way to your house right now. He has just seen Probably. this and and he is on your way. So right. expect Ken about three o'clock in the morning. You can yeah. have the sofa. We should all. You probably won't hear it. We'll talk in the morning. Ken. Yeah. Anyway. I miss Ken. But, you know. Uh, the camera on it? I, uh, up top. There's camera at the top? Good. It's camera's at the top, top above the, the screen where it should be. So it's just, yes. there are no concessions. Like, if you look at the side, there's actual real I.O. And, of course, this Amazon listing doesn't really have any pictures. But there's, there's like, full-size USB ports. There is a USB Type-C, which is used for charging as well. There's HDMI. There's, there's no Ethernet. But, you know. I, it's it's a thin and light but it's it's okay. great it has good enough performance it, th- it's available with this low power ips display so it's not the brightest screen but it actually has really good color saturation and i'm liking the the 1080 resolution at this 14 inch size i set the scaling i think in windows to 125 percent looks really nice God, that is that is only almost old school oh, if it was yeah. about yeah. three quarters of an inch bigger and i wouldn't mind that i wouldn't mind a thicker one but when you have this in your hand like i was it was surprising it was almost like a dummy unit that you'd find in a furniture store it's very Hmm. very light it's thinner than the previous iteration in this t-series and it's it's a phenomenal laptop it is pricey i mean i'm looking at the amazon listing here this particular configuration with the i7-8565u eight gigs of ram and a one terabyte nvme ssd is fifteen nineteen, but this is a business laptop, and it's actually very close to X series. And I have, uh, I'll be looking at some X series stuff too. But uh, the X one, I mean that that's the high end. That's that's like seventeen ninety nine and up, I think. And this is fifteen nineteen for something that's really close, not quite as slim, but rigid and has far more key travel than you would expect from a laptop this slim. Almost, it's more than I'm used to. Uh, for the like the last couple of years so it almost fe- i i feel like i'm typing slower on it actually just because there is so much more key travel but we're talking mm-hmm. you know the, i don't know what the actual distance is but we're talking probably less than a millimeter of additional travel versus what i had been using but still if you like that old school thinkpad this this keyboard is very close to that first gen thinkpad yoga that i absolutely love that i finally gave up but that and actually the reason i gave it up was because that was using a PWM backlight. It was giving me migraines when I used my laptop for extended periods of time. This does not have a PWM backlight. So it's, it's like the total package for me. And that's it. That actually brings podcast 554 to a close, unless anybody has any final thoughts. Uh, so that concludes this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching if you watch the podcast. And we will talk to you guys next week. 